I've got one TV with a surround sound setup and one TV in my basement that needed a sound upgrade, desperately. Enter the Sonos Arc. It's a new premium soundbar. Before the Arc, I had issues with sound in my barren basement. The TV is in this little concrete cove and I couldn't make out some dialogue and everything was just a little muffled. It was irritating. But the Arc has a true play tuning software that takes into account the unique acoustics of the given room. And you can turn on speech enhancement to clarify people articulating their desire to find a partner in love on the spectrum. God, I love that show. And I love it even more now. When the TV is off, you can stream music, podcasts, audiobooks, or radio. I'm too lazy to be looking for new music, so I have really loved Sonos Radio. Some of my favorite stations are Rare Grooves, Hip Hop Archive, or just Mainstream. Go to Sonos.com to learn more and get your Sonos Arc today. podcast on the athletic network it's monday september 21st i'm j.e skeets and back again in our lives tass mellis hey everybody great to be here hey tassie we got the bearded one trey kirby hey yo hey yo we have the international man of mystery taking it to the max lee ellis friends mm. Lee. last but not least making the magic happen jd hello there he is and here we are. Shout out to everyone joining us live right now on YouTube. Keep your questions and your comments coming for our next Beach Steppin podcast. There are no NBA games on tonight, so I believe our plan is just to hit the beach tomorrow on Tuesday. So you got a good 24 hours or so to get your cues and your comments in. Email them in nodunks at theathletic.com. Tweet them in at nodunksinc. We will do a little beach tease later on, too, because you guys continue to send in great ones. But we got to start with an unbelievable finish in Game 2 of the Western Conference Finals. Anthony Davis-Tass hits a three at the buzzer. Lakers edge the Nuggets for a 2-0 lead in the Western Conference Finals. A weird game. A very, very weird, at times sloppy game. But we got this unbelievable finish between Jokic and AD down the stretch with AD hitting the buzzer-beating three. The game of the big man is back, baby. Mm, eat, yeah. your, eat your heart out, Chris Dudley. How do you like that? This was all all big men down the stretch. The last 12 of the Denver Nuggets from Nikola Jokic. The last 10 from the Lakers from Anthony Davis. Last five minutes, it was just big man versus big man, and they were able to score on, on a lot of them. Uh, that was phenomenal. First, you know, before we get to the shot, Nikola Jokic, had a great game, a great bounce back game from game one to game two. And it started pregame in the hallway where he was sprinting as they showed that footage. Yeah, this big man, he's so slow. Uh, Brian Anderson, good joke. You know, you feel a lot faster when you're by yourself in a hallway, you know, running by, <laughs> by stationary objects for sure. And he looks super fast. Uh, but he honestly, I joke about being fast, but he moved fast on the floor out there because he wasn't waiting uh, when there was a switch happening on him. He took advantage of it. So their best player, an incredible bounce back game. And really, you know, there's going to be a lot of, hey, Denver should have won. Denver should have won for sure. 
sure. But Denver was oh so close to winning this game if there wasn't a, a tiny little mishap uh, from the Nuggets defense that didn't get out to, to Anthony Davis there, who he was monstrous, monstrous down the stretch. Uh, and uh, a lot of the talk would be about LeBron James kind of fading away in the second half. That's why uh, LeBron signed up for a guy who's way younger than him. LeBron was phenomenal the first half. But those were 35-year-old legs in the second half to me. It's not like he stopped being able to play basketball, but we all know you get into your late 30s, some of us in our 40s, uh, things slow down. I think that's what happened to uh, to LeBron, and Anthony Davis was the guy who was able to just say, hey, I'm the best offensive player on our team. I'm going to put us on our back, something that Anthony Davis hasn't been able to do in the postseason because he hasn't really had a lot of chance to do it. Mm-hmm. And there it was, man. It came down to one look, this modern-day big man, this anti-Chris Dudley, uh, who can score. <laughs> he can score inside. He can score outside. He can score three-point shots. He can do freaking everything. It was it was fun to watch. Uh, it truly was a big man battle that last six minutes. Yeah, helped out, like you said, uh, from an error there by the, the, the Nuggets' defensive breakdown when Plumlee comes into the game and just lets Anthony Davis drift free to the three-point line, thinking he's switching, I guess, with Grant, who's on LeBron, but there was no pick happening between those two guys. Plumlee just runs over and buries into them while he's pointing at Grant to get out there and uh, leaving enough room. Jokic, I'll give him credit for hustling his ass to even challenge the three-point shot. I mean, it made it a little more interesting, but cold-blooded three there, Lee, from AD. And like Tass said, I mean... Yeah, he hit the game winner. He had another step back three down the stretch. He had some big buckets late in trying to also contain Jokic, who was bullying him around. That was uh, that was a lot of fun, these two giants going back and forth there. It was, and it was an incredible shot, an incredible landing for the Lakers. But if the Nuggets watch this fourth quarter over again, they are going to kick themselves, I think, because they kind of had no business being in the game, but then they somehow got themselves to the lead. Mm-hmm. And with two seconds to go, they were leading. They just had to make one Decent closeout possession there on the defensive end. This series could be 1-1, and it wasn't that case. But the missed free throws, a couple of sloppy passes again, and just that execution that, that again, somehow they found their way on that crazy uh, Nikola Jokic flippy dinky dumper shot inside. But prior to that, <laughs> he also got their sort of tip in off the air ball from Jamal Murray that went in as well. Like he That just, one was insane. That, oh, that was the looked like um, when, you know, you're watching the Stanley Cup playoffs if you ever do that. And a guy like somehow gets in front of the net and somehow tips in the puck that's shot from the blue, you know, from yeah. the, the blue line. And you're like, how do these guys do that? Because they actually are that talented that they can sort of like, you know, get their stick on it to misdirect it uh, past the goalie. That's what that one felt like to me. He's like, all right, I'll just flip this up and in. It was Wild, wild. Go lightning. Yeah, and, exactly. uh, you know, so the Nuggets, they, you know, they worked hard to get to that position. And again, that fourth quarter, if you look at the Lakers, Rajon Rondo hit a step back three. Kuzma hit a kind of crazy fall out of bounds three with the shot clock running down. So the Lakers get, certainly gave the Nuggets enough opportunities to to get back into this game. And then the Denver, Denver get there. And then that last play, I mean, Plumlee, looking over it over it again, Clearly, he said something. He and Jeremy Grant said something, but whatever that message was, wasn't communicated properly because Plumlee just should not have run to LeBron James. He should have clearly gone, continued out there to Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis, by the time you can't, you, in the NBA, you cannot give a guy who's a decent three point shooter that much time uh, to get a shot off. And you said right. Jokic gets out there to challenge, but that was yeah. too long. So this one is primarily on, on uh, Plumlee, but Grant has to take some blame, I guess, because they were communicating something, but whatever that message was. It just wasn't communicated clearly enough. And uh, Denver will just, they must be devastated to have been so close to tying this series up. But the problem, even if you want to give try and give uh, some blame to Grant, is like 
okay, if the idea is we're switching everything here, especially, you know, any sort of action with LeBron and AD, one, there needs to be usually a pick to happen for us to switch. That didn't. And then the other part is Plumlee, if you're like, hey, Grant, go out there. Well, Plumlee's in a brutal position then to yeah. even pretend to guard LeBron. He's like on the other side of him. I mean, you could just like a quick roll to the basket. So that, you know, this is all Plumlee's fault on that one. But uh, no, nah, it's all it's all Malone's fault. It, Plumlee should okay, not, or put him in there. Yeah, exactly. Right. Plumlee should not be on the court. You don't need two seven footers in, especially if one is guarding the inbounds guy. If you say Anthony Davis has a game winning buzzer beater. With two seconds remaining, nobody thinks it's a three-pointer. That's why Plumlee was in there, right? They were trying to block a lob. They were trying to do something at the rim because you think if Anthony Davis is getting the ball, it's going to be at the rim. The guy's a 31% career three-point shooter, but he was on fire last night. He made an incredible play. That's the difference uh, between big guys these days. It's not necessarily going to be a lob at the rim. It might be a guy guy rolling out to the the left side to catch a three-pointer, a fadeaway three from a 6'10 guy. You don't expect that, so I mean... Hats off to Anthony Davis. That was incredible. To be ready for that play, to hit it. You know, I think the Lakers kind of thought the game was going to be over after AD hit his first step back three there uh, from the left wing, but he was one for eight in the playoffs from three, uh, or in this series so far, and then two for two in the stretch. Incredible. Incredible. You can see see Plumlee definitely float towards the lane as well. Like, he just, that was his, either his job or his his natural (laughs) inclination, yeah, to to protect the paint. And this was a scenario where it wasn't on a timeout where they didn't discuss the play as well. This was, you know, after a whistle uh, and an inbound and they decided to throw Plumlee in there. If they had a timeout, I'm sure it would have been a different circumstance where the D would have covered who they should have if they had actually talked it over. Yeah, maybe, uh, maybe. And you're right. So, wow, it's amazing. NBA players can actually run a play without a timeout to talk <laughs> it over, you know, on the flip side of things for the Lakers. What a oh. shocking development that yeah. is. I love it. But did they run the play? It seemed like it was, exactly. you know, play, you display could have gone to LeBron and it was just a pass we to, don't need to a Anthony million Davis timeouts I think to LeBron, LeBron ISO. I, I think LeBron said that he it was him or Anthony Davis it's just Davis yeah. got open and Rondo made the pass so yeah they often have a couple of things there but it looked like LeBron was not interested at all in that play and well, there was he had one, a bad he wasn't feeling it in the second half but there he was just another, wasn't himself there was another play where Contavious Caldwell Pope had a three and missed it and Davis didn't touch the ball in that possession which I thought was actually bad or the Lakers, like mm-hmm. I mean, Davis is the star, obviously in in in, uh, in that sense, in that in that moment, go to him because he's playing so well. And then LeBron didn't touch; they went to KCP. He missed it. I mean, that that was one that uh, you know the Lakers probably would have been regretting if they lose this game. I yeah. think they. Yeah, they it, it sure it sure seemed like it should have gone to Anthony Davis every single possession down the stretch because he was a monster. It was weird watching them come out uh, when they're down, you know, two point or a point there with twenty seconds left. The cameras were on LeBron and Anthony Davis coming out of that huddle, and they ended up getting a shot for Caruso, and then and then the broken play to to Anthony Davis after the inbound. But LeBron and AD were just chatting the whole time uh, coming out of the huddle for a long time. It's like they were sort of designing their own play, or, or, or I'm not sure if they were even discussing. Hey, if we do have a broken play here, uh, you know, we'll. I don't know. I don't know what they're discussing, but you don't usually see them talk it out. And then the play ends up going. Uh, a LeBron drive, KCP to Alex Caruso for the miss. So I, wide yeah, open, I, a good look. Oh, of course, it was a great, it was a great look. Um, but yeah, yeah, it was it was weird seeing Bron from the first half to the second half because uh, he was dominating, and then 
I just think, yeah, he, he got old man legs there in the second half. But that's what AD was for, man. He was phenomenal. I thought that was a feel-out half from LeBron. I thought that was the first half we've seen him take off in this series because I don't I don't think LeBron is tired in the conference finals of the playoffs here. If that's the case, then the Lakers are in trouble come finals time. I think he'll be back. It looked like looked like he was just, uh, just cruising on home and happy to ride the Davis train. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's the weird part. A feel-out half would usually be a first half. That's why it's odd. You're right, Trey. I mean, he was dominant early on. I mean, he had the first 12 points, right, for the Lakers. But then, yeah, two or nine in the second half. He had more turnovers than assists, too. You know, just yeah, really I don't. Sloppy. I don't think he was feeling out misses. I mean, he was just no. missing. He wasn't good. He was just... And I'm not trying to blame him. I just think he was bad in the second half. That's okay. Oh, he was. Yeah. I mean, Brian Windhorst noted, you know, LeBron had played in... 54 conference finals games. Yes, 54 conference finals games heading into Sunday. He wouldn't have won probably any of them. Walked away with a victory, uh, you know, after the way he played in the second half of that 55th game because... You know, he hadn't had a guy really like Anthony Davis that they just went to and went to for the down the stretch in the fourth quarter. I, I think that's true. I mean, it would be the storyline here if they lose this game. It's like, what happened to LeBron? What's wrong with LeBron? Oh, did they figure <laughs> out LeBron? Man, I mean, that's absolutely what it would be. Why was he checked out? Yeah, why was he having this feel-out second half of a game two where a series is now t- tied 1-1? That's weird, but it didn't really matter. <laughs> this was, I just loved it. You know, hey, look, I'm a small guy. I, you know, I go to bat for the point guards, but man, I love a good battle of the bigs too. Even though today's bigs are like can do everything else that a point guard do, can do, like Trey said, with step back threes. Though Jokic, that bucket where he just took AD down too into the paint, small, impressive, oh, man. That and was it was like awesome. Jokic was the full bag of Jokic here too. That was impressive to see because he hit a, a clutch three. He had the crazy tip. He had a post up. He hit that uh, like that ten footer that yep. he shot. 40 feet in the air yep. and it somehow tickled just the tiniest little bit of twine there <laughs> he was ready there and he's been clutch the entirety of the playoffs the entirety of the season he had a bunch of game winners you don't see it from a big guy very often even when a big guy is often hitting game winners it could be you know in 2020 it's anthony davis coming around a screen or it's a tip in remember it feels like just yesterday we were saying stephen adams man dive to the hoop the yeah. lob is right there we don't ask that from anthony davis the guy's just coming around for a three-pointer it's incredible but uh yeah great stuff from Jokic. great stuff from davis man that, yeah. that is a classic Jokic game winner though where he just sort of finds his way in the lane and flips it up and it goes in like he doesn't have a a great big step back or anything like that but you know, he hit that big three because the possession prior to that, he had a wide open three and he hesitated on it. Uh-huh. And I think that's the one that he actually got the tip in off, uh, off the Murray one. But it was like, you've got to shoot that. I know he's not been shooting it all that well, but he can knock it down. And when he's open, he has to take it. So he got that second chance and knocked down that three. And that was huge. And it just sort of felt then like, maybe this is it for the Nuggets. Maybe they can somehow pull this one off, uh, but uh, not to be. But also, what about Jamal Murray's block on Danny Green? And then he nearly saved it as well after that. I yeah. mean, the, the Nuggets very nearly kept possession, which, which again, would have changed the, the outlook of that game because, of course, the, the Lakers would have had to foul him. But what an incredible recovery that was from Jamal Murray. I thought that was an incredible play, but it gets overlooked now because uh, because of the Davis three. No, no, you're right. It's a classic, like, what if, too. What if yeah. he doesn't block him, though? Right, <laughs> like, right. Danny and Green they Maybe misses a tough yeah. baseline shot, and then the Nuggets pull out the victory there. It's really weird. But you're, you said it, Lee. I mean... And this is going to be tough. I know the Nuggets are the comeback kids. I, I get it. They like to be down two games in a series. It's usually 3-1. <laughs> this is the first time they've been down 2-0 here in these playoffs. So we'll see if they can overcome this. But that fourth quarter, P.J. Dozier, 1-for-5 from the foul line. Everybody, you know, throwing the Nick Anderson jokes on that poor guy. The Nuggets 
that back-breaking offensive rebound late where then it yeah ends in the Jamal Murray block and the Lakers get another chance, you know, just giving up that. The two-for-one situation, if you want mm. to get into, and of course Plumlee, as we talked about, just some like, oh man, you sort of got to play. And you didn't even have to play a perfect game in, in game two to beat the Lakers because the Lakers were so sloppy, right? I mean, they had like 23 turnovers. Fortunately, the Nuggets had close to 20 as well, but that was there. I mean, I, I, I'm... I'm very, very, very doubtful they can make this, uh, you know, a seven-game series again and, and somehow pull out this victory because I think you got to have one like this where, again, Le- LeBron goes missing, they were sloppy, um, and they still didn't pull out the victory. That's a, that's, a, that's a tough pill to swallow, I think, for the Nuggets. No pull doubt. off the upset, they got to get lucky, and it was the Lakers uh, kind of getting lucky for yes. the majority of the fourth quarter. Like Lee was saying, we had the KCP from the three from the corner where he doesn't even catch the ball, just throws it up, and it's a swish. There was a Rondo step back three. There was just all these little plays added up uh, to a two-point victory for the Lakers, and, you know, the Nuggets got really close. They played a lot better, but they had a ton of turnovers in the first half. We've mentioned all the missed free throws in the fourth quarter. Uh, to beat the best team in the league remaining, you got to play almost yeah. perfect, and they weren't quite perfect. Nope. Yeah. Nope. It, Unfortunately true. It is unfortunate watching P.J. Dozier, who you're basically the 11th guy on this team, called into a fourth quarter because they needed a spark, uh, because they needed somebody to be able to drive the ball and, and create some openings, and he did that, and he was great, and he scored, and he got fouled, and he was flexing on people, uh, but... Uh, you know, he he, he he couldn't hit the free throws, but I'm I'm not putting it on him because he also drew two charges at the other yeah. end. He was playing phenomenal oh, basketball. Yeah. It's really on to me uh, the three supporting guys in in the starting lineup. You know, besides Murray and Jokic, Jeremy Grant, Paul Millsap, and Gary Harris all scored in single digits, three, six, and seven. Uh, it, you know, if those guys hit some freaking shots. Uh, they probably don't have to play P.J. Dozier at the end. But Michael Malone had to do something. He had yeah. to change it up. And he needed somebody uh, to step up besides Jokic. And right, Jokic came out. I love the way he was playing from the get-go. Uh, even though he wasn't hitting a lot of shots, he was showing that whole bag with misses. Even on his misses, he was showing that, you know, he could score, uh, you know, put it on the floor. He could shoot from the three-point line. Like, he was he was showing the whole bag. And he was showing, I'm, you get on my back. Get on here. And, uh, you know, Jamal Murray... Did as much as he could, and Michael Porter Jr. came off uh, the bench to do what he could. But if they just got something at the beginning of the game, some support, uh, this wouldn't be the scenario going down the wire here. They just needed something. And yeah, 2 nothing against the Lakers and LeBron, who's never uh, given up a 2 nothing lead in the playoffs, is different in the conference finals than a 3-1 against the Jazz or even the Clippers. It is. Uh, who, who step you know, you know, step like to get in their own way. And I thought the Lakers were getting in their own way in the first half as well. You mentioned those turnovers. It, oh. it was, it was Rajan Rondo uh, in the first half. It was Carl Kuzma in the first half. Uh, try, trying <laughs> oh, to go. Man, there was Michael like Porter. a lot of butterfingers last yeah. night. Eh? What was going on with the ball? But I, I thought, I thought they felt a little entitled too. I, I thought they, they thought that, Hey, we're, you know, when they got that lead, uh, they thought we're, we're rolling with this thing. And Rondo was forcing passes. I thought Denver was doing a good job of sticking to their guys. And Rondo wasn't taking what the defense was giving him. And he was trying to get those beauty passes. Kyle Kuzma, uh, as Chris Weber pointed out, was going at uh, Michael Porter Jr. They're having like a head-to-head yeah, here. This is personal. Yeah. This is Dion Waiters. Be a one-on-one pay-per-view match between those two. Yeah. Like, they just want to go one-on-one the yeah. whole time. It's I'd great. watch it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> 
Yeah. Carl versus Mike. <laughs> uh, not Jordan versus Malone. No. We got a remix. No, not Akeem versus Shaq. This is a lower tier. Um, I got a trivia question for you guys, because AD, he became the seventh Laker to hit a buzzer beater in the playoffs. Can you name the other uh, six guys to do it in a Lakers uniform? Um, one's pretty obvious. We can get Kobe out of the way, because they talked about the Mamba being a Mamba shot. Can you name the other guys? Robert Ori. Yes, of course. Magic Johnson? No, not Magic. Derek no, Fisher. I, I got Derek Fisher. as well. Yeah, okay. Okay, uh, so Trey knows. Got Shaq. a couple oldies, and then, uh, and then a really... A wild card one, yeah. No, so, no, Shaq, not Shaq, no. Uh, Byron Scott? Nope, nope. Uh, two, two old you legends. Rem- you remember some of these classic plays, no doubt. Elgin Baylor. There you go, there you go. Uh, wow. How many more, how many more? You got one super legend, uh, I mean, he's, uh, you see us, you basically see us. Jerry West. Everywhere, yeah, Jerry West. Oh, uh, yeah. And this one. Ironically, he would fit perfectly in uh, today's, uh, you know, social messages on the back of jerseys. He was oh. ahead of his time. Uh, <laughs> tip, this was a tip-in play. Yes. Uh, oh, Ron Artest, Meta World Peace. Meta World ah. Peace. And I was thinking of Meta World Peace when go. Jokic tipped that ball in as oh. well. It was, I mean, it was a different, different tip-in, but that was just, man... What a tip-in. <laughs> Crazy. Crazy. So, okay, well, yeah, a couple of you guys were taking the nuggets in this series. You know, look, to make things interesting, give it a little juice to this series. Leo, start with you. I mean, I think you had nuggets in six. I did. Looking tough now, looking pretty <laughs> tough. But, uh, you know, can Denver do this is what I want to ask you. Like, it, they've yeah. done it before. They've come back before. They came back in this game, for crying out loud. Like Tass said, maybe the Lakers thought, well, they're, they're done. Okay. Can they do it? And how did they do it? Look, the Raptors looked awful last year when they were down 0-2 in the conference finals and came back and did it. But I just <laughs> felt last night was the one the Nuggets had yeah, to. That I was agree. a like like next game could you know it, it, the Nuggets could still fight and battle because they've shown they are pretty a resilient bunch. Yep. But they could also get smoked by 30 in the next game because uh, it's just kind of like you, you you had that game and you and you just did enough to win and you weren't able to do it. And now again going up against LeBron. In this situation, poor old Paul Millsap still can't get a W oh, against LeBron. In the <laughs> no, playoffs. 0 for 10, so, baby. Listen, while my prediction is still alive, I'm going to stick with it. Yes, Nuggets in six, but uh, ooh, ooh, it doesn't feel good right now. <laughs> yeah, Trey, Trey, what do you think? How, how does Denver get back in this series, or is it, is it impossible, like you said, they needed this one? I mean, game two would have been huge. A 1-1 series, you're talking about how Jokic and Murray have both been pretty decent. In games one and two, right? Like, they've both shown up. They've mm-hmm. both been able to kind of get untracked. You just hope that uh, the role players would have done a teensy bit more. Uh, but down 0-2, now you got to play it even more perfectly. They're in a tough spot. You can't count out the Nuggets right now. They even had a comeback last night, you know? Yeah. They are not going to go away. Uh, but losing a game like that, that's that's tough. That's uh, mm-hmm. Those are the exact kind of games you need to win. When you're pulling off an upset. Yes, when you're the underdog. I, I 100% agree with that. Uh, Tess, anything else to add to this one? At least it was a super exciting game. It didn't look like it was going to be for a good chunk there when the Lakers pulled away. You're like, uh-oh, here we go again. It's going to be another one of these sort of like 20-point victories. But Denver, man, Jokic <laughs> said, no, 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 not on my watch. Uh, anything to add from this, though? Well, yeah, it was funny just to talk about the, the Lakers supporting cast real quick. Uh, there's... There's guys who I didn't expect to show up, like Contavious Caldwell-Pope has had you know two 
real good games in a row. He, mm-hmm. He's important to that team. Forgive me, but he is clutch sports. Oh, uh, when he needs to be, uh, <laughs> you know, R- Rondo put him in a bad spot in that in that corner there at the end of a shot clock there that we talked about that fourth quarter hit. One and a half seconds left to give the guy the ball on his ankles, and he just <laughs> he threw it up, and it was it was a beautiful. But uh, the really the story for some reason was Alex Caruso. Uh, you know, a lot of it because he's the white guy who can throw the ball down. Yeah. Now, okay, so the the uh, superimposing Ernie Johnson at halftime. Very funny. F- funny. F- yeah. Hey, they did something good, right? Uh, that was funny. That was funny. I, <laughs> I can't did. wait for them to play it 10 times in a row uh, <laughs> over the next couple of weeks. No, that was that was very, very well done. Yeah. But it's everybody now just is just harping on this, hey, here's a white guy who can play basketball thing. I mean, he's just a good basketball player. Is that okay? Unless we're making fun of him being bald, and that's okay. Yeah, sure. You know, it's, <laughs> it's, is, is it, is it, is it, is it, if it's the white thing, get over it. I mean, he's been... <laughs> He's been good for a couple years, and he's an athletic guy that takes care of the ball and can play defense. And he was really impressive. And I lump him in with KCP because I thought those guys were almost perfect uh, most of the night. While, like I said, uh, Kyle and Rondo, I thought, got a little bit overzealous. Same with Dwight. We didn't even talk about Dwight. Um, well, we're going to talk about Dwight later. We're saving all, right. all of, our, of our Dwight uh, comments for later. Tweet of the Dwight. Yeah, yeah tweet of the Dwight. Anyway, Alex Caruso is just a good basketball player. Who does hey, he, yeah. Who's his game like then? That's the question. Caruso? Because he can only be compared, apparently, to the all-time greats, right? It was like Kobe, LeBron, George Gervin. Compare him to somebody Bird. that didn't make an all-star team. Like, Bobby there Sula. are other players in the yeah. history of the NBA, like Eddie Jones. Is he an Eddie Jones-like player? <laughs> an athletic guard who can mm. maybe hit a three, it. can get to the rim? Is he John Starks, an energy guy who mm. can kind of do a little off the dribble, hit some threes? I don't know. There's got to be somebody besides yeah. the greatest players <laughs> yeah. in the history of the game. Though I will say, I did love it when LeBron went to the hoop, had a tough lamp, and they're like, he's looking like Caruso out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah flip it on him. That's great. Uh, another white guy who could throw it down and could shoot a little bit and play a bit of defense, Brad Barry. Bonesy. Ah, uh, Bonesy. Yeah. yeah. Maybe yeah. that's it. Caruso. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, well, hold on. Did, who who called him goat? At, well, like, they what, all call him goat, though. Yeah, they, they all call him yeah. goat. I mean, that's the. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's obviously sarcastic to some extent, but it starts to become true, I guess. Uh, you say it enough times, he starts turning into the goat. That was a big. It was a big dunk. Though I'll say this. Okay, this drives me insane. And I love the people that are down in the bubble giving us the tweets. Have you noticed, like, if you're watching live, I don't know, maybe it's just, like, because uh, I'm watching, you know, on AT&T TV. I'm a little delayed. But if you follow the tweets during the game, because people are in the bubble, right, they're getting the action before you are. So you'll yeah. see, like, big three by so-and-so, and you're like, oh, I haven't even got to that possession yet. You know what I mean? So you're ready for it. So I saw the tweets coming from the bubble. And it was like, Alex Caruso throws one down. And like, they were making it sound like he posterized somebody. And I'm like, here we go. This is going to be huge. I couldn't, like, the tweets were, like, building up this huge dunk coming. It was a fast break dunk. It wasn't on anybody, right? Am I crazy? Yeah. It was no, not right. on right. anybody. It was just, a nice he, dunk because he's a white guy and he's bald. He's just, exactly. Nice. He's just got that about him right but now where it's on, like, relax. we, we sort of think of him as a joke, but he's a decent player. Yeah, of course. Uh, so when he goes out there and throws it down, because he's bald, he's got the headband, he's got the face, he's got Rihanna staring at him. He's got as the well. face. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> the face. His face, face looks like Tom he's Cruise. Got, he's like a, a dead ringer for Tom Cruise in the face. That's the crazy. He's wow. got, but he's always like he's always angry. He's always pumping up his team. Like he's uh, he's always got that. Come on, you know, like we can do it. So he's uh, you know, he's he's, he's a he's a bit of a sort of walking meme in that sense. I think. 
Yeah, oh, he definitely, definitely is a walk. He's on the meme team for the yeah. dream team, meme team for sure. And the whole Lakers got a great squad there with Jr. and Dion and Dwight and Javale. Oh, and Caruso. who was it? Was it uh, Dion who got the tech last night from the bench? Well, it's Phil Handy, I think. Technically. Oh, Phil, Phil assistant Handy. coach, yeah. Phil Handy. Yeah. Ah, right. Hey, yeah, okay, was... I had a question. Who was it that fell over on the AD celebration that just bit it? Uh, uh, it was Horton Tucker. Horton Tucker. Oh, that's who it was. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah he got destroyed <laughs> with yeah. the John Jones flying knee to the chest. But afterwards, he's like, I'm fine. The knee energized me. And you look at the picture of him. He's like grinning ear to ear. You can tell behind his mask like he's got smiling eyes. He did love it. <laughs> he just dropped. Okay. I didn't know who it was. I thought it was like another assistant coach or something like that. Did, I mean, did you guys like uh, Rajon Rondo? Apparently, with two seconds left, he wasn't in the game. And after Jamal Murray blocked Danny Green, he went up to Frank Vogel and said, Hey, can I make the pass? No, you no, no, pass. no, no, no. Say it correctly. He apparently whispered in he Vogel's whispered. ear. <laughs> <laughs> I love that visual. Hey, can can Frank, Frank, yeah. can I throw it in? Yeah, he definitely Get cupped his hand sure. over over his mouth and did that for sure. Uh, and then after he makes the pass, Anthony Davis hits the shot. Just a walk-off. Doesn't oh, even yeah. go anywhere close to the celebration. It was a, sort of like an OG Ananobi-like walk-off. Yeah. Like, did you see that pass, baby? I threw that to the three-point line, and that guy buried that shot. It was... It was a Rondo move. Hey, yeah, just another reason we've talked about it before to have your vet guy in there inbounding the ball, Trey. Uh, let you know, give him the uh, give a guy that's got to make a quick decision uh, the the uh, opportunity. Don't put a rookie in that position that might that's freak exactly out a, right. a second year player. Yeah, feel free to put one of your best passers in to yeah. throw the most important inbounds pass. But just another reason we don't need coaches, right? This was a Rondo <laughs> call. It was a play that the Lakers players decided on themselves, similar to uh, LeBron hitting the corner three against the Bulls after David Black called a play for somebody else and, Ron- and LeBron's like, no, 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 I'll shoot it. Yeah, players, they can count a yeah, lot. Yeah, for sure. Um, I had a question I was tweeting last night. Lee, I just wanted to throw it at you because Rondo had a couple beauties. I know he made some uh, some pretty dumb passes in this one as well, <laughs> but he had some beauty uh, yep. alley-oops. And he's such a great alley-oop passer, I think, his entire career. He just throws it. He just has that awesome ability, that eye contact with guys, like the, okay, here we go. Um, and then he's not afraid to throw it. I guess that's a big part of it, but... Who is the best alley-oop passer of all time? Or who's on your short list, at least? Because I, I think Rondo's in the mix, but yeah. uh, who else would yeah. you have? I, I would say Chris Paul is up there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I remember him with Tyson Chandler in the New Orleans days. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, he yeah. used to throw those perfectly. And then Lob City with Blake. and Yeah, Deontay, Lob City, of course. Of course yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, didn't really have a need for it in his last two stops as much. Uh, Andre Miller was always a good yes. uh, passer. Good he was a good one. You know who was actually... A pretty good passer for one particular guy was Brian Shaw. He used to throw those lobs That's... to uh, Shaq. Yep. Um, good call. Kid, I think Jason Kidd's a great. Oh yeah, Jason Kidd. Yeah. 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 Thought, thought you were going to throw Matthew Delvadova in there for Tristan Thompson. <laughs> <laughs> well, wasn't it Delhi who threw that big one to LeBron? I don't know. Maybe it was J.R. Smith when uh, LeBron sort of stumbles. It's in the finals. I think it's Delhi. And then LeBron gathers his feet and Delhi throws it. It's actually a pretty bad one, but LeBron oh, yeah. catches it and smashes it down. Because JR throws the yeah. no, the yeah, no yeah, look yeah, alley yeah, 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 that, that's, that's not a good pass, but it comes. It came off in that sense. But yeah. uh, I think, I think I'm think i pretty sure it was Delhi was throwing the other one. Delhi was on fire. They were up 2-1 in that series. Yeah, you're <laughs> and right. And then you're they right. got crushed. Yeah, I saw some <laughs> other names thrown out there. Steve Nash, of course, thrown out oh, there, yeah. just being such an incredible passer. And Gary Payton. Uh, you know, you talk about a, a one-two combo with a yeah. guy in Sean Kemp back in uh, the Sonics days. Yeah, okay. Just want to get that out there. Hey, see, Rondo's incredible at it. He really is truly like, he just has that like ability, like read your eyes and you do the like, okay, I'm going. And then 
few things when you play pickup basketball are more fun when you have that little connection with oh, the guy. Yeah. Like, all right, you just like yeah. look at each other, like, hey, I'm going. And, so, like, yeah. and the guy throws it to you. And you cut that back happens a lot like that. when you're playing pickup. A guy run into the rim for an alley oop. <laughs> Not the alley. I said throw no, it up. More of the more of just the cut back door variety. Mm, yeah, yes, yeah. Okay. Yes. I haven't thrown you many alley oops. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna say, man, we've been playing in the wrong ways. We've, we've had some nice, uh, you know, where we haven't had to verbalize it. You've cut back. <laughs> And I find do you it call it? Do you consider it an alley oop if you are old and you throw a lob to somebody and they catch it and finish with a hundred percent? Hundred percent. Oh, I don't know. At our age, uh, that's definitely an alley oop. I'm yes. absolutely with you on that one. An alley oop yeah. is is the pass, catch, and, and finish in one motion. It doesn't yes. have to be a dunk. That's all that counts. All right. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. I think so. I think so. All right. So, uh, anything else to add from any of you guys? Lakers Nuggets game two there or moving forward in the Western Conference Finals? No. A uh, bit of a bummer there. Denver coming up short, but hey, they have proven they can do this. We'll see if they can do it again. Come back before. Let's take a quick break, though, to hear from our sponsors. Grammarly. It's great. So uh, I was getting ready to bang out a tweet the other night, and I composed it on uh, TweetDeck. <laughs> yeah. Foolishly, yeah. I just assumed it was grammatically correct, so I fired it off. Uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. Then I got a response from someone saying something like, Yo, Lee, we haven't got time to guess what you're saying. And I'm like, what the hell is this? You know, you get some trolls and clowns on Twitter. I'm like, what, what is he talking about? So I reread it and I realized I'd started writing the tweet and then I sort of mid-tweet, I was like, no, hang on, I want to put this word in and that word. And I, it ended up with a sloppy old messy tweet. It was a bad tweet. Okay. Well, what was it about? Uh, it was about Tyler Hero saying how easily the game comes to him. It looks like for him, it's just like he's just out having a stroll on the beach. You know, something, it was, it was getting there like that. I and mean, I just had two tweets sort of combined into one to make one bad tweet. Right. Now, if I had composed this tweet in Twitter.com, I wouldn't have had this problem because Grammarly yep. would have picked up on the errors and sort of, it would have given me the frowny face, the little red <laughs> mark there to say, hang on, hang on, whoa, 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 whoa. You want to pump that baby out there? Because Grammarly kind of reminds me of Kit from Knight Rider. Okay. Remember how Michael Knight used to tell Kit his bad his ideas or what his plans were, and Kit was able to sort of, you know, research, advise him. Now, Michael, I advise you, you know, things like that. Basically, Grammarly is like Kit without the condescending tone. Hey, <laughs> got a little joke here for you, Tassie, by the way. What do you call a Greek man parachuting? Condescending. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> that's the beauty of Grammarly. It's not just a talking car. It actually helps you build up your writing skills. So while my tweets wow. will remain... Oh, oh. That's, that's a kit. That's that what was the sound okay, used okay, to make. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so while my tweets... Look, they're going to stay bad. That's fine. But I can be <laughs> safe in the knowledge knowing that from now on, I'm only going to compose them in Twitter.com. So grammatically, they will be bad, but correct. Right, you understand right. what I'm saying? So that's, yeah. that's what's really important here. Because Grammarly is just... It, it, it just makes sure that you know what you're sending out there before you send it. Right. And I can't trust TweetDeck. So TweetDeck, you're out. Well, you can't trust yourself is the problem. <laughs> yeah, but Not let's put the deck. blame on TweetDeck. No, okay? it's for you. <laughs> Grammarly you know, is there to help. Yeah. Listen, listen. when you're in the you, when the game's going, you shouldn't tweet and uh, watch at the same time because you're distracted, especially if it's a tight game. You've just got to either pause the TV and get the tweet out or save it to the uh, end of the game or a timeout or something like that. So, yeah, some partly my fault, but mainly TweetDeck's fault. <laughs> anyway, good news for everyone out there. You can get 20% off Grammarly Premium when you sign up at Grammarly.com slash no dunk. Now, do it, because it is great. And you'll notice the difference immediately. 
That's 20% off Grammarly Premium at Grammarly.com slash no dunks. G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash no dunks. Uh, more than just a spell check, I can tell you that much right now. I actually don't get that joke. The Greek parachuter is yeah. called condescending. Yeah. Is it con- cons- maybe maybe it's an Australian joke there because in Australia, the, the, the Greek sort of stereotypical name was always con. There was a, there was a comedian, Con the Fruiter, and he was like the Greek guy. So he's oh. parachuting, he's con, he's descending. I thought you were calling, uh, calling them criminals. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Greeks are all criminals. <laughs> so it's an nah, Australian Greek joke. <laughs> con the, con the, con yeah, the Greek up, guy. Huh? Yeah, look up Con the Fruiter and you'll know what I mean. Con the Fruiter. Con the, what are you saying? The con the f- Fruiterer. Yeah. Con the fruiterer. It was a fruiterer in Grammarly. See what happens. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that would uh, pass. <laughs> hey, a few, I'm sure a few of the Australian audience will oh know who I'm talking goodness. about. He was uh, a pretty iconic figure in the late okay. 80s, early 90s there. Mr. Fruiterer yeah. on my shoulder. <laughs> I thought Molly Muldrew was in a crazy <laughs> reference that you made, but this guy, come on, come on. Oh my is goodness. He's just the, the, uh, the, uh, the stereotypical Greek man is, is what, what he is, come right? On. Yeah. He's like, yeah. he was like, for old Basketball Jones fans, I, I played a character called Stavros who looks a lot like Con the Fruiterer. Uh, yeah. There you go. Yeah. The yeah. Fruiterer. <laughs> what a word. Yeah, what is a Fruiters, well, the, guy at the fruit market, you know, like you know, like St. Lawrence Market. Yeah, you've got all the different stalls and stands there. He's a guy who just sells fruit and really good fruit, fresh fruit, <laughs> great fruit, good fruit, fresh fruit, oh, <laughs> the best fruit, best fruit in the world. Uh, okay, let's. Uh, <laughs> there let's he is. It's fun, my man. Hello, gentlemen. How are you today? Oh my goodness! Oh, he likes basketball too. What 100% is his dribblicious? Hundred percent dribblicious. This fruit is so good, oh, it'll man. the juice will dribble down your shit. We gotta make T-shirts that just say one hundred percent dribblicious. Oh, that's why Lee or, uh, or old Matteo hated Lee so much because he would eat a fruit and the, ju- the juice would dribble down yeah. his chin. Oh, he used to freak out over pears, didn't he? he used to lose his mind over them. Matt Matteo does not like a juicy fruit. He doesn't like he doesn't like eating one. He doesn't like somebody watching somebody eat one. And Lee would just like get right up in his face, take a big oh, old bite of those pears and peaches you're yeah. bringing in. A good Bartlett pear. It's very juicy, very sloppy. It is. It is. It's a. It's a rough eat, but it's fun. It's tasty. Yeah, it's very tasty. It's ironic with Matt because he loves juicy fruit gum. He loves gum, but doesn't like juicy fruit. <laughs> loves it. Very ironic. Okay, let's uh, let's take a stroll on the beach like we're Tyler Hero. Send the tweet. Let's go. Let's hit the beach. Yeah, I got a couple questions here. A little beach tease as we gear up for tomorrow's Tuesday's full-blown Beach 7 podcast. Get your questions in, nodunksattheathletic.com. First one, hi, no dunkaroos. I find some basketball plays oddly soothing. Like, for example, when a big man throws down a two-handed dunk and the basketball hits the hard floor and bounces really high, or when a guard throws a bounce pass in traffic and it lands perfectly in his teammates' hands, my brain goes, that's right. That's the way it should be for no reason. <laughs> What are some other basketball situations or plays that you find oddly satisfying 
Stay safe and keep up the good work. That's from at Capicoro. Shout out to the Tweet of the Week Army at Capicoro um, on Twitter there. Fun question. What do you find satisfying? Oddly satisfying, Trey. Nothing beats a full court outlet pass that hits the receiver right in the hands, Mm. right in stride. We got a great series for it right now between the Nuggets and the Lakers. You got Jokic who throws his one-handed outlet passes deep. And then you got LeBron who's been a great outlet pass passer for his entire career but for me the platonic ideal of the full court outlet pass hitting somebody in the hands Kevin Love to Corey Brewer back mm. in the day because Kevin Love was it like a like a, a modern day Wes Unseld if you will throwing the outlet passes and it seemed like Corey Brewer was put on his team just to catch those outlet passes the guy would hit the gas fly down the court and then it would just drop in perfectly he's got the giant smile on his face and he finishes at the rim I love a full court outlet pass uh, not so much the ones where you got to jump up and catch it. You know, we see this a lot with LeBron and AD where they just kind of throw the ball way down the court and he's getting a post up. Basically. I love it when you catch it, take a couple of steps, finish right at the mm, rim. Very satisfying. And D, what do you got Lee? I love it when, uh, you know how and anyone loses a ball, they often complain they were fouled or something happened. I love it when you get a good clean strip by the defender and mm-hmm. the ball person with the ball doesn't even complain about it. Like remember right. Norm Powell when he stole it off Tatum? in game six and he took it down the other end, just clean picked his pocket as clean as you like. And Tatum was like, he got me, he got me. And then, uh, and and then Powell went down the other end. I think he scored. I think it was that crazy. And oh, was that that one? Anyway, it's just one of those ones where you don't see it very often, but when it happens, it's just so beautiful. Smart's done it a couple of times. Jalen Brown did it in that last game too, against the heat where someone has the ball and all of a sudden the other guy just says, I'm taking that off you and I'm poking it away. And then I'm going back the other end. It's uh, it's still beautiful, especially when the, offensive player kind of acknowledges like yep he got me i'm not even going to complain about that yeah i I would add to that i do love like yeah a guy pressuring up on defense and they're such talented ball handlers they're obviously in the nba so they're on the next level but you're right i love when the defender hits the ball let's say with their right hand and the ball goes behind the offensive player Mm -hmm. and they go to the left right you know they actually like poke it out one way and catch it the other way it just looks very very cool yeah. uh, and it doesn't happen all that often again because these guys have incredible handles but it is pretty cool like Kawhi obviously has done it before and stuff like that it's, uh, that's a good one what do you got Tess? yeah well he just reminded me of another one that I like guys who yeah won't complain but also guys who clearly foul someone and will throw the hand up hey that's my foul don't see it very often but claiming a foul I like that I like just being honest about things because most guys are dishonest or try and slightly get by uh, but I also love just a good old box out Because to me, a box out is giving yourself up for your teammates. It's the assist of a ball being up in the air. Because when a ball goes up in the air, you can either do nothing. You can either go scramble for the ball or you can box out your man so somebody else most likely gets the rebound. So that's, that's the assist. That's the giving yourself up of the defensive end when the ball is in the air. So always appreciate somebody giving themselves up for the team. It's about the team. It's about the team. It doesn't show up. It doesn't show up in the box score unless you like rebound rate. Uh, but um, unless you're a John Schumann who loves a good rebound rate percentage, if you're deep in the stats, I mean, it doesn't even count for you if somebody else gets the rebound. But it's more of a team thing. Anyways, who cares? I'm surprised uh, like box, box outs aren't in like the extended box score, like right? The hustle like hustle stats. Not, yeah, like it's no different than a screen assist or a deflection. You know, a play that's kind of outside of the realm of mm-hmm. the standard box score. I'm sure PJ Tucker would have great box out stats. 
Schumann's uh, listening and watching. So there you go, Schumann's a little something to work on for next season. Uh, add that to the box scores. So, in th- so in theory, could you could you only credit a good box out to the closest guy to the rebound, or could in theory all five or four, I guess, guys on the court get credited with a box out if they all boxed out their man, and I then your fifth guy grabbed it. Mm. All five good. All five good. You oh, just oh wait, you can get credited for the box out and the rebound. Yeah, all right. Yeah, well, if you if you perform, if all five guys perform a good box out, that right. ball will come off the rim and just bounce, bounce, bounce to a dead stop, and <laughs> right. no one will get it because you got five guys on their back. Circle. Yeah, and then yeah. you automatically get the possession if the ball comes to <laughs> a complete stops. stop. Okay, I don't mind that. Uh, the only one I would add that I find oddly satisfying, you know, everybody loves the dunks as we talked about with Caruso throwing one down. Everybody loves dunks. I do as well, but I love, especially in the last couple of years, I love the jelly layup. I love a little flair now to lay up. And I bring that up because Jamal Murray had another one last mm. night. He's had a couple over the last couple of games. You guys know what I'm talking about. It's very difficult to sort of describe. But he sort of like goes under the rim and then like mm. just with this weird little flip and twist, kisses it off the glass, keeping it away from the defender. I just think it looks so smooth. Was that the one to end the first yes, uh, yes. Yeah, the, quarter yeah, the first, or half? Yeah, yeah. I think it was half again. Last yeah. night's was. Um, and he had another one, if yeah. I remember correctly, in game one, too, against the Lakers, I think. Or he had one maybe in the last series. But he, he does it. Obviously, Kyrie does it incredibly. I, I just think it looks so cool when you use the rim as your own defender and then you just like throw this weird little twist. Because your body is like turned away from the rim. I love yeah. when they go to that camera angle behind the backboard. You know what I mean? Like high up, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, and it yeah, just yeah. looks... It's like... Yeah. He's not looking at it, and he's just obviously the control of their bodies and where and where the where they're putting the little spin. Love that, mm-hmm. oddly satisfying. Oh my goodness! <laughs> oh, hold on. Oh, hold on. Uh, all right, we got one more question here. Hello, Never Slams. Skeets spoke recently about listening to podcasts about TV shows or sports. He's not actually watching. Mm. I did the same with Game of Thrones. I could have full-blown conversations about the show and stay in the discourse, but never actually sat and watched it. I actually gave up on the idea of ever watching it because of the shit show ending. Sorry, JD. What things have you guys given up on after meeting to do it for a long time? Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. That's from Josh Coyne of the Double Clutch website and podcast in the UK. Thanks for emailing that in, Josh. Wow, that's a, that's pretty wild, actually. <laughs> Never watched Game of Thrones, but he could have a full-blown conversation about it. He even knows the ending was a little disappointing. Um, yeah, because I had talked about Big Brother right now. I listened to a daily podcast about it. Haven't seen a single, single second of it on television. Uh, wrestling. Uh, love the Masked Man show. Fantastic podcast about wrestling. I don't rarely, rarely watch it. But I would add right now, I hate to... I hate to say this because we already talked about it. Matteo's probably listening. You know, I had plans to pick up that guitar, right? <laughs> Matteo kind enough gave me his guitar. He's leaving. He says, you want a guitar? Like, would you use it? Would you try it? Absolutely, Matt. I looked him straight in the eyes. I said, you have my word. I'm going to give this a go. I'm going to play this guitar by the time you're back. I'm going to be able to play you a song at a campfire. I haven't touched it. I mean, I, I think I picked it up for maybe uh, f- uh, f- one reason. Maybe I took a photo or something on Instagram. Uh, and that was it. That was it. So I never took a lesson, online lesson or anything like that. And uh, I don't know. If it if I didn't do it during a pandemic, like, <laughs> when am I ever going to play the guitar? Maybe I'm just not supposed to play the guitar. So Now you've got Luna as well, man. She's going to take oh, up. Oh, well, uh, yeah, that's now. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, 
Yeah, but that's what I mean. She's going to take up your spare time now. You know, you're going to want to play with the dog. You're going to clean up after her. Yeah, like you haven't haven't got time now to pick up the guitar and just start plucking away. No, yeah, yeah. It's not happening. Is I mean, now I feel bad. I got. So what do I do? Do I give the guitar back to Matt? Do I give it to one of you guys? Well, what you I'll take it if you want. I'll, I'll, I'll sit on it for six months and then <laughs> I'll right. give it to someone else. Pass around the guitar. <laughs> it's in a closet too. I don't even have it out anymore. Well, you know, it got really bad when it? I just put it away. Yeah. Because yeah. it used to be sitting there. So at least I looked at it. <laughs> at least I said, mm, maybe later today I'll, I'll fire up that online lesson and, uh, you know, try it out. But now it's just it's just put away in a closet. I know where it is, but it's... I'm not looking at it every day, so. Maybe you got to start small. Maybe it's just like learn a couple notes because learning a song, it sounds like watching five seasons of Game of Thrones, you know? It sounds right. like that's that's a, definitely some dedication. I don't, know. I don't know. I'll trade you for my piano. I don't play mine either, so. Uh, you know what? Let's do it. Maybe you, yeah, maybe it was like you de- it's destiny for you to play the guitar and for me to play the piano. Let's try it. We got to try anything at this I point. All right, we'll do, a, we'll do an instrument swap at some point. Sure, sure. Yeah. Uh, what do you guys got? Trey, you got an answer for this? Yeah, I still haven't watched the last four episodes of Mad Men. And um, <laughs> yeah, well, I don't think I'll ever do it. You know, maybe sometime I will. But like you're saying, Skeets, it's the pandemic. I haven't felt an inkling at all to watch Mad Men. And I don't honestly feel bad about it. I know how it ends. What? Yeah. The guy creates the most famous ad of the 1960s. Very cool. Also, you know, you look on Twitter. People are re-watching basically every show out there. Nobody's re-watching <laughs> Mad Men. I'm convinced. It's not a great show. We were just talking about it because there was no one, nothing else good at the time. Wow, that's a that's a spicy take there, TK. Isn't it just like, I don't know, give it 10 years and everybody will start podcasting about the rewatch Mad Men? I don't Hasn't know. it been 10 years almost? Wow. If it I, has, that's mind-blowing because it feels like it's like three years ago. 2007 to 2015. Wow. Okay, okay. So it ended five years ago. Give it five more years. <laughs> give it five more years, Trey, and then you'll start a podcast about rewatch. Uh, yeah, maybe so. <laughs> just the last four episodes, though. Finally catching up. Oh, I like that idea. Uh, okay, that's a good one. You're not doing it. You're right. And you don't need to. You absolutely don't need to. You're 100% correct about that. Lee, do you got one for this? So uh, I used to be a big Spotify guy. Had all my uh, playlists and that going. And then it was about a year ago, we picked up, uh, bought a new car, like a, a used car, but a new car. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> and it came with a three-month subscription to Sirius oh. for free. And I'm like, okay, you know, I'll give it a shot. Whatever, thinking like I've got Spotify. I'm not going to take it up after that three months. But Sirius is pretty good. It's pretty good. <laughs> and it's got uh, so many different stations that you love to listen to. And so now I've got Sirius on my phone. So, wow. yeah, Spotify has just kind of been phased out. And, so you don't uh, pay for Spotify anymore then? No, I don't pay for Spotify mm-hmm. anymore. Uh, okay. But it keeps your playlists. It just doesn't, you can't sort of shuffle through them and it puts ads in when you play them. So yeah. it still works. It just, you just can't, you don't really have control over it. So uh, I've moved full time to Sirius. Can't believe it. I can't believe it. But it's in the car. I've got it on the phone. And now I've got the Sonos uh, 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 speaker at home. And that's great. I can play it on that. <laughs> oh, nice. And um, yeah, I just, I just realized that I just didn't mean to, but Sirius just uh, pulled me in. It just right. reeled me in. And now, what's your, what's your Sirius station? I know you've talked about it before. What's your go-to? Well, I have uh, Hair Nation. That's a great one. That's uh, <laughs> you get a bit you know, of that. Uh, Alex Caruso can never listen to that station. You know that. Doesn't I love, uh, I, I love uh, Sirius uh, Alive as well, uh, or live. What is it? Live Sirius Live, where they just play live. Uh, songs it's awesome that's really good but <laughs> like live the band or no, live, no, no, li- live you get a bit of live on with you yeah. here it is for, for the 10th time in a like, row yeah. lightning crashes yeah. <laughs> uh but yeah i've, I've got um 
the joint as well. I didn't think I'd be into the joint. The, uh... <laughs> Manos and Tito's are the hosts. <laughs> it is. It's, it's a lot of reggae, a lot of Bob Marley. And it's like, you're fine. Like, I'm like, I don't know the songs, but I like the beat. I'm driving along. It's something different. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's serious. Serious <laughs> business. <I'm> serious. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Test, do you have uh, an answer to this question? Manos and Titos and Sonos. Um, I, uh, uh, my answer to this question was, I, I did think about, I brought the, this uh, Josh's email about Game of Thrones and, and it being way too daunting to, to consume all those seasons as the seasons progressed. It reminded me of uh, when Breaking Bad was ending. Uh, this was 2014, I think, uh, and we had just moved to Atlanta. And uh, we all congregated at my house to yeah. watch the the season, the series finale, I guess it was, right? It was the last episode. It was of the, the final episode. <laughs> I just brought this up to somebody the other day. Was it you, Trey? Where I said, did we not go to Tass's house to watch the final episode of Breaking Bad? And Tass had never seen a single episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you went and had a shower. A shower yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was showering. Uh, and then yeah so i was showering while you guys were watching i think you were sitting on my floor because i didn't have any furniture so it was 2013 right when we got here Mm -hmm. and uh yeah i could hear some some of the dialogue through my walls and uh and at that point i was just like i'm not gonna go back and watch it so this isn't recent that i've decided i'm not gonna watch breaking bad uh this was seven years ago um but i also i've watched some episodes just because they're on hbo uh Good show. Really liked it. I mean, it is really good. Okay, so here's my question, because I honestly, I guess it wasn't Trey. I was just talking to somebody about this idea, or this instance where we were at Tass's house watching the finale, even though you had never seen it. Did Danielle watch it? Like, why were we watching it at your house? I think That's I was the, the only one part. who had signed up for cable at this point. Oh, so we I had think so just, too, yeah. just moved here. Yeah, and it was a Sunday night, and everybody uh, needed to watch the Breaking Bad series finale. Except that me. makes more sense. Okay. I got a good shower in though, because those it was a long episode, so I had a really long shower. I was at your old house too, wasn't it? Your mm-hmm. first house, obviously. When you yeah, welcome to my old house. Yeah. This is where we watch Breaking, Breaking Bad. Bad. Yeah. You had the you had the uh, TV that you could take anywhere too. Yeah. Still do. AT and T. It's still delayed. See, yeah, you're you're watching on your internet feed. Yeah. Ah, that that would. Yeah. That's that's irritating. You can't be on Twitter and seeing updates from eight seconds ago. It's, yeah, I mean, I try. And or avoid. even on, even if you're, if you have the score up, like let you know, we're all doing work. Yeah, you have the score yeah you, you'll get some. You're right. You'll get the, the buckets uh, already. The happening. buckets, the box score update. You're like, oh, well, I know somebody's scoring here. Well, let's find out who it is. Okay, great questions, guys. Again, we'll be hitting the beach on Tuesday for a full blown mailbag episode. No dunks at theathletic.com or tweet them in if you want at. No Dunks, Inc. All right, got to take one more quick break here. Hey, I'm Taz Mellis of No Dunks on the Athletic. Do you want to walk into a room with your chest puffed out, your neck long, and your shoulders broad? Of course you do. For me, getting clothes that fit properly can give me the confidence I need to do just that. Indochino hooked me up with the gear that fits perfectly. I dreaded getting dressed for my Zoom meetings, but now I change for each one with a big smile on my face. I did a virtual fitting on Indochino's slick website for them to get my measurements. I didn't have to talk to a single human. There are so many options. Here are a few I chose. A long shirt, because I tuck it in. I got a no dunks monogram, and I decided against a shirt pocket. I sincerely did not think that custom fit clothing was this affordable. 
and all customizations are included in the cost. The website keeps your measurements on file so you never have to re-enter them. The best part, Indochino suits start at just $2.99 with all customizations included. Indochino is a no-brainer if you're getting married. Visit one of the Indochino showrooms across North America or book a virtual appointment like I did and shop online at Indochino.com. And right now, you'll get $30 off any purchase of $3.99 or more when you enter code TAS. Not ass, TAS, T-A-S, at checkout. That's Indochino.com, promo code TAS. Okay, let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mm, tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. All right, Lily, what do you got for us? Yeah, so uh, we kind of alluded to it earlier in the show. Uh, one of the uh, lesser-known story roles from last night was Dwight Howard's performance, and uh, he's just so happy to have a role in this series. And that is primarily trying to sort of intimidate and bully and shut down Nikola Jokic. You can just see how hyped, uh, psyched up he gets when he goes out there, and he's trying his best. He's talking trash. And, um, he picked up, uh, he nearly picked up a flagrant last night. He ended up getting a tech foul, and after the game. He was just yelling at a madman at the entire Nuggets bench, telling them to go home, go home. And it prompted this tweet from John Hollinger. Feel like the last shot stole the luster from the real story tonight of Dwight Howard turning into the crazy reckless guy from your pickup run. <laughs> yeah. yeah uh, Dwight, Dwight Howard has really embraced this turning heel, trying to be a bad guy, trying to be a Rodman out there, yeah. an instigator. Yeah. It's weird. I mean, good for him. He's trying to find a role on this team, but it's 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 odd. Mm. I mean, when you think of prime Dwight when he was defensive player of the year, I think three years, uh, three out of four years or whatever he was, you know, someone like Jokic, I think he really would have been able to just devour him. But Jokic is such a... Uh, 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 you know, a uh, what's the word? Um, crafty, crafty guy. Yeah, that that Dwight can sort of throw his arms at him, but Jokic just you know flips the ball up underneath, gets a layup, doesn't really get put off his shot either. He still takes those high arcing shots. So Dwight's kind of frustrated, even though he's throwing everything he can there at uh, at Jokic. And then after the game, yeah, just going mad at the bench, and it's like. Didn't you see what happened to uh, Marcus Morris in the last series where he was talking trash to Paul Millsap and uh-uh. the Nuggets came back? <laughs> yeah, so, he was uh, also, yeah, he was yelling, go home, go home. But my favorite part about that is they all are staying in the same <laughs> hotel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> go to your room. Yeah. Uh, he's become late career KG at this point where the skills aren't quite there, so he's got to do something almost extreme to to be on the court and to make his presence felt. And I think that's kind of why he only got 13 minutes, didn't have a huge impact in game two. I think Frank Vogel saw Dwight. You're going a little crazy here, man. You're uh, you're a little on edge right here. <laughs> yeah. But I always love having that guy on my team when we're playing pickup ball, calling for those alley oops. Trust me, I want Nelson on my squad. Yeah, I, I don't want him smashing into up. me. When the, when like when the guy who is like uh, going extreme out there also happens to be the strongest guy. It can be dangerous, man. You know, like, I would never want to take a shoulder from Dwight Howard, even oh, if it was on accident. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. yeah, I was waiting for a Nelson shout-out. Tass used to battle with Nelson all the time in our pickup <laughs> runs in Toronto. It's always you guys matched up on each other. Yeah, didn't like that. Didn't, <laughs> at some point, we had to say, hey, let's just tell Nelson that it's starting a half hour later and when he gets here, the doors will be locked. Because uh, you're right, especially getting older. Uh, 
It's just an injury waiting to happen yeah, if you got a guy just flying around. Now, Dwight did a couple things where he drew a couple calls on, on, on Jokic, and, and I was, you know, mocking Rondo a little bit. He also did some good things after some boo-boos. Carl Kuzma the same. But I think, like, those three guys, they all sort of assume, like, we're winning this thing. We're already done. Like, it was it was a little Clipper-like, but, you know, the... I think, uh, you know, they got ahead of themselves, but the rest of the Lakers sort of reeled them in. But I don't like the fact that Dwight's telling them to go home to, to their hotel room <laughs> it's when weird. it's 2-0. I mean, it's not over. It's yeah. not over, Dwightus. A little strange. I think it was Big Waz I heard on Basketball Buds this morning. He compared Dwight Howard, like this reckless guy, like Hollinger saying, it's the guy that shows up at your pickup run in jeans and a tank top. And you're like, oh, God, oh, no. Here we go. This guy probably doesn't have the greatest skills uh, going out there on the floor, but he's going to be throwing bodies around and getting into it with guys and barking up and down the floor. That's a pretty good comparison right now. Definitely Dwight last night. I thought game one, you know, he was he was doing a good job of getting under Jokic's skin. We yeah. talked about it. Yeah. But last night he was, te- like I think Tassie said it, like teetering on the edge of like, are you all right, man? Like, <laughs> you're going a little insane right now, it feels like. But again, he's like, he's just like leaned into this uh, villain role or heel, I guess you'd call it, to use a wrestling term. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. That's what it is. It's just, like I say, he was sitting on the bench that whole Rocket series, like, yeah. dying for an opportunity, and he gets one. He's like, I'm going crazy out here, you know? <laughs> yeah, you're right. He was sitting there for weeks going, yeah. what am I going to do? i yeah. got to come up with a new character. Uh, yeah. got to try this out if I get into the next round. And, uh, yeah, he's really committed to the bit, that's for sure. Okay, great tweet. Guys, let's call it there. Emails your questions and comments for tomorrow's Beach Step and Podcast, nodunksattheathletic.com. Go grab yourself. Some sweet No Dunks t-shirts at nodunks.com. We got a new one uh, coming up soon and uh, got to start working on 100% dribblicious. Uh, see how fast we can turn that one around. There it is. There's Khan, the fruiter. Uh, he's got the fruits. Yeah, he's got those juicy fruits. And if you haven't already, subscribe to The Athletic. Tell them that we sent you. Tell them that Khan the fruiter sent you. Go to theathletic.com slash nodunks and sign up right now for just a dollar. A month. Clipper Bros. <laughs> you heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us, folks. And we don't often end shows with a stat, but this was a stat. Jamal Murray, 44 minutes and 14 seconds on the floor, was a plus 16. So, what the heck happened in those other three minutes and 46 seconds? The Lakers were plus 18. The Nuggets were minus 18 in just a mere three minutes and 46 seconds. I love stats. I love stats too. (laughs) Embrace the day, people. (laughs) 